0: Hello and welcome to
1: the Fantastically Terrible Podcast, Episode 32, Thor Was a Lovely Bride. We've wanted to share this story for a while now. With all the Marvel movies and talk of Thor, this story is one of our favorites. There was a time when Thor was a lovely bearded bride, and Loki was his manly maiden. It's a fun story, especially for Norse mythology, although it still ends in blood. Massive amounts of bloodshed. But before the blood starts to flow, let's enjoy Thor's big day with his buddy Loki. (laughs) Loki, as they say.
0: Our character or creature this week is none other than Thor's hammer Mjolnir. It's not only the ultimate weapon, but it's also a sacred object that blesses and brings the dead back to life. Well, dead goats, anyway.
1: Before we get started, please remember to follow, like, or subscribe. It lets us know you're listening and enjoying our shows.
0: Let's start by listing the main players in our story. Thor. He's the god of thunder and son of Odin. He is thought to be the strongest of the Norse gods... He wears a belt, which doubles his already substantial strength. He also wears gloves, which they don't often show him wearing. Which
1: allows him to pick up the hammer.
0: That's true. And his hammer, Mjolnir. It's one of the most powerful weapons ever made. Could not be broken, and just about always kills its opponents.
1: Loki's background is a bit vague, but some sources say he's the son of a giant and a goddess. His relationship with the Aesir is friendly and malicious, depending on the story. He was seen as a tricky and unreliable character, or crafty, useful during an emergency, and I think his complexity is what makes him so interesting.
0: Freya is a Vanir god, not an Aesir, who also lives in Asgard, or Asgarder. She was said to be the goddess of love, beauty, and gold. She's admired for her magic, her intellect, and her beauty.
1: Thrym is a particularly nasty giant who lives in the giant land of Jotunheimr.
0: Jotunheimr.
1: Sounds like yogurt. (laughs) He's clever, as as we'll see, and he's one of the few who is able to wield Thor's hammer.
0: Yes, unlike the Marvel Universe, there are a few that can wield the hammer.
1: I think in the Marvel Universe, they fuse the whole King Arthur thing.
0: That's true. But yeah. we'll we'll kind of sort that out in the character or creatures section at the end of the show.
1: Okay.
0: One morning, Thor woke up, yawned, and stretched as always. He scratched his beard and reached for his best buddy and loyal pal, his hammer, Mjolnir. But there was nothing there. He tries again, half asleep, but grasps nothing. A shiver of awareness travels down his spine. He jumps up and looks at the spot where his hammer always sits. It's empty. He clenches his fists as the blood rushes to his face and yells,
1: Loki! In another room, Loki's hair stands up straight (laughs) at the back of his neck.
0: I think mine did too when you did that.
1: Uh Uh-oh. A moment later, Thor is in his face, accusing him of stealing his hammer. Loki has his hands full trying to convince Thor that he had nothing to do with it. Besides, the Marvel Universe says only Thor can lift his hammer. What's the deal with that? Thor's lip curls into a sneer. I spit on the Marvel Universe! This is real life! Loki turns his head, looks at the pretend camera with a raised eyebrow, then gets back into character.
0: Thor, buddy, my brother from another mother, I swear to you, I didn't take it.
1: Thor replies, but if you didn't, who could it be? Everyone loves me!
0: Loki says, um, are you sure about that? There's no one you can think of? Thor shakes his head and furrows his brow. Thor, what's your favorite thing to do in life?
1: Thor smiles and says, I love swinging my hammer, Mjolnir, old and smashing me some giants. Oh, my Odin, how I wish I could smash a giant right now. I'm so angry.
0: Loki looks at Thor and does jazz hands. Ta-da!
1: Thor starts to understand. Oh, it's the giants. I can see why they wanted to take my hammer. My sweet, sweet hammer. Mjolnir! I'll come for you.
0: Off they went to tell Freya what's going on. She exhales and shakes her head and asks... How do you get into these situations? They ask her if Loki can borrow her feathered cloak, which transforms the person wearing it into a falcon. If that sounds familiar to any of you, last week we saw that Loki borrowed the same cloak to find Idun in episode 31. So you can refer to that. Now back to our story. They thought the most likely place to look was Jotunheimr, the land of the giants freya takes her cloak and hands it to loki go and find the hammer it's not only a mighty weapon but it's also a holy object thor thanked freya while loki put the cloak on and headed for jotunheimr loki sees thrym a massive giant caring for his animals in a field and lands next to him so thrym I'm going to share a secret with you. Thor's hammer has gone missing. Have you seen it around?
1: Dream doesn't even look up. Says,
0: yep. Loki clasps his hands. Great, that's great. Could you tell me who took it?
1: Dream continues to tend to his animals and says, I stole it without even looking up.
0: Loki is shocked by an honest answer. Okay, we can work with this. So where is it? Can I see it?
1: Dream casually says, I buried it deep in the ground, so
0: no one will ever find it. Loki rubs his chin. That's interesting. If I had stolen it, I'd definitely be using it right now. But that's neither here nor there. May I ask why you buried it?
1: Dream growls and says, Nope.
0: Loki shakes his finger at the giant. You, my friend, are a hard negotiator. May I ask what you would like in return?
1: Threem finally smiles. Bring me Freya! If she comes here and marries me, I'll return it.
0: Ooh, Loki rubs the back of his neck. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, Threem. That's gonna be a hard sell.
1: Threem doesn't look up. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it.
0: So Loki flies back to Ausgard there and tells Thor what he learned. Thor pounds a table and yells,
1: Damn it! <laughs> then motions to Loki to follow him as they go back to Freya's place. When they tell her Threem's ultimatum, Freya is furious, Thor and Loki explain it's the only way they can get the hammer back. They tried to convince her to put on a wedding dress and go with them to Juttenheimer. Come on,
0: it'll be easy. Freya's blood starts to boil and she glares at them. They instantly zip it as their last words trail off into the distant silence. She's so enraged, the torque around her neck snaps off. Never will I ever marry him.
1: With this impasse, they call the other gods for a special assembly. Thor and Loki argue that taking Freya with them is the only way. When they all look to Freya and cower in fear, they say that's off the table.
0: Not an option.
1: Not an option. Finally, Hamdal or Hamduklar makes a proposal. Why doesn't Thor dress up like a bride and pretend to be Freya? Thor absolutely refuses, but Freya thinks it's a marvelous idea. Besides, it's his hammer. Odin looks confused for a moment and says, Son, the one thing I can't wrap my head around is, how did a giant the size of a mountain sneak into your room and steal your most prized possession without you even waking up? Thor looks down at the floor and tries to explain when Loki thankfully, interrupts.
0: Thor, we can make this work. If you don't do it, the giants could use Mjolnir to smash their way into Ausgarder. Loki even agrees to dress up like a maidservant at the wedding. Thor rolls his eyes and reluctantly agrees.
1: The gods are more than happy to help Thor and Loki enter their formal bridal gear.
0: I'm sure they didn't mind at all.
1: Yes. Which included headdress and veils to cover their faces. The duel take Thor's goat chariot. Yes, you heard right. A goat chariot. To <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thrym's palace for a wedding feast to remember. Thrym is happy indeed. Whether he has bad eyesight or is too happy to notice... Theme welcomes the two and provides them with a feast and is surprised to see his bride-to-be eating and drinking like nothing he's ever seen before. The bride consumed one ox and eight salmon and three casks of mead. That is
0: one entire ox.
1: Yes. (laughs) And small school of fish.
0: She's very dainty.
1: Very dainty. At one point, The giant groom pulls fake Freya's bridal veil aside to steal a kiss and jumps back when he sees the most hateful eyes staring back at him. She's terrifying, he yells as he backs away. Seeing that their covers might be blown, Loki steps in to smooth things over.
0: You'll have to excuse our lovely Freya. She hasn't had anything to eat or drink nor has she slept for a week because she's so excited about the wedding. Luckily, Threm bought it. After a little while, it was finally time to consummate the marriage. Thor took another massive swig of mead and said to Loki,
1: if you say one word I'll cut you down in one stroke.
0: Yikes! Loki put up his hands and says, Easy, brother. Now's when they bring forth Mjolnir to sanctify the bride before you two get busy.
1: Thor glares at Loki.
0: Uh, But that won't happen because you'll grab your hammer.
1: When Mjolnir was finally brought into the hall, they placed it close enough for Fake Freya to grab it And release a blood-curdling laugh. (laughs) Then he did what he always did while in Juttenheimer. He started to smash and kill everyone he could get his hands on. Thor massacred everyone, including Thrym, his sister, and all of his relatives who were at the wedding.
0: Happy ending.
1: <laughs> what is this, Game of Thrones? I
0: know. I wonder, did did Thor look like Carrie at the end of the movie with blood all over his bridal gown?
1: And in his beard?
0: In his beard, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And he's walking around, everyone's staring and at he's him. He's
1: smiling like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> his eyeballs are like totally round It's
0: very bizarre. It's like a horror movie disguised as a happy ending. Yeah,
1: he would uh, definitely. Uh, he's
0: pretty extreme.
1: Pretty extreme guy, yeah.
0: I mean, did he really need to kill everyone?
1: Like I said last, uh, but
0: they, him and Odin, they're cons they're that's what they do. They yeah. just go around killing giants.
1: And uh, I guess it's like what I said last episode. Norse mythology is the heavy metal of mythology. Heavy
0: metal.
1: Yeah, it's it's as metal as you're gonna get. Eight legged horses, all sorts of crazy crap.
0: Did Thor in the comics have gloves or just the armbands?
1: He just had the tennis wristbands.
0: Interesting. But
1: he never had gloves. Okay. Because it's all about how moral he was that he was able to hold it. But once I was older and I started to read the actual Norse myth, I thought it was way cooler than any of that stuff that I read in the comic books. Because it's so like like raw.
0: It's really raw. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean Greek mythology is too, but Norse mythology is so...
1: If you took Geiger and Dali and they had a kid... (laughs) (laughs) It'd be Norse mythology. It's just bizarre.
0: <laughs> it has um, a truthfulness to it that other mythologies perhaps don't.
1: That is probably the paradox that it's both yeah. bizarre, but also because life like, is raw. brutal
0: yeah. and people do things uh, like really, why kill all the giants? In the end, it leads to Ragnarok and it leads to them destroying everything. There. But on the flip side. It's not the end. It's not the complete apocalypse. There is a new beginning. Right. And there are four or, like, there are sons of Odin and sons of Thor that survive.
1: I think it's kind of like debts, right? They knew that their debts, what they did to the giants would come back and bite them. I don't know if they knew that. Yeah, they did. I mean, that's why they... But they they,
0: kept doing it. Because... They never went to them and tried to negotiate a peace or anything. They didn't care for
1: that. They knew it was all (laughs) going to go. I mean, you're talking about, you know... Live hard, die, die fast. Hard. Yeah. Sort of. I
0: actually had a question too. Before Ragnarok, all the fallen warriors go to Valhalla mm-hmm. in order to wait for yeah. Ragnarok, the final battle.
1: The Norse uh, What
0: happens rapture? after? The
1: Norse yeah, rapture. yeah, they're
0: raptured bloop, and they're put in this <laughs> little safety place where they can drink and eat and practice fighting. All day, yeah. But after?
1: Huh? It's gone. Did
0: they... It's gone. Did they talk about... That old world is gone. I understand, but their souls, their spirits, where do they go?
1: They don't talk about that. Really? Yeah.
0: Is it just that we don't know?
1: Maybe. I mean, a lot of those stories got lost with uh, Christendom, and many of the ones that we have probably got tainted by Christendom. I wonder how much of Ragnarok was actually influenced by the idea of Revelations and changed. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's true because uh, these stories we get from mostly from Snorri Sturluson, who was a Christian writer. Right. So luckily he did record these, yeah. but we're not sure how much influence he had on them.
1: Yeah, that's that's like a lost world. Yeah. One of the things I found with the Marvel Loki is that he's not really a full trickster. He's got too much of a plan. He always want has a plan. Tricksters are impulsive. They're like Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny yeah, is a traditional trickster.
0: They don't, I agree, in the Marvel, even in the new uh, series, which we're enjoying, yeah. they don't quite capture that spontaneousness.
1: Right. When they ask them, you know, why do you do what you do? A trickster would say, I don't know. I just, I just do it.
0: Yeah. Not only would he not know, he wouldn't care. You're right. Right. The only time Loki has in the mythology um a real deep emotion about something is at the end when he escapes his torture and he basically begins sets off ragnarok when he gathers his kids and you
1: know to some great degree you feel feel for him
0: yeah i agree
1: and that so there's a there's... but we'll
0: have to go over that story in uh, yeah. the end. But what I mean is he's always very
1: yeah he just lets things casual roll off
0: rolls and... off his back. He goes from one stupid thing to another. Yeah,
1: he does a lot of dumb things. He yeah. he doesn't have a master plan no. for taking over no. Odin's plan. yeah. There is no master no, plan. No, there isn't. It's and he's like...
0: not an Aesir. I mean that they change that of course for the Marvel movies and things. He knows yeah. he's not an Aesir or an Aesir. And he's fine with that. He's just hanging with them. His whole deal when he met Odin was, you can eat at all of our feasts. And he said, cool. So he basically just hung out to be like your college buddy that just (laughs) eats off you. Mooches every time there's a meal, he's there. That's what he was there for. Then he starts um, hanging out with them more.
1: Well, it's similar to like rabbit and Native American culture. Mm -hmm. like. Like his They're function isn't to
0: take over, he's not competing with them, no. he's just doing his thing alongside.
1: And sometimes the thing that he does gets not only him in trouble but gets other people in trouble.
0: But other times, he brings them like there's, uh, as right. we'll mention, when we talk about Mjolnir the hammer, right? Uh, he brought he's the one who gave Thor that hammer.
1: Well, that's the interesting thing about the trickster archetype. It's never nailed down to good or bad. And it's interesting that tribal societies were mm-hmm. able to understand that you could be a, comp- a complex of both.
0: So you're saying we need to do an episode just on Loki. Yeah, they don't fully develop Loki as a character that is pivotal. He's not just a side character that they deal with. Right. Even though he goes on these strange, he gets himself into trouble all the time in many stories, which I love reading. Mm -hmm. But he will, they loop it back in. Like, because he cut, in a joke, he cut Thor's wife's hair.
1: Sif, yeah.
0: He had to go to the dwarves to make her a substitute, like almost a wig. And while there, goes gets into more mischief. And he cons the dwarves into creating uh, Mjolnir. Yeah, which we'll go over in just a moment. So Thor wouldn't have his hammer without Loki. Right. Yeah. The wall around Asgard there is Loki.
1: Right. So in other words, whether you look at Native Americans or uh, Africans, these societies understand the complexity of characters like Loki, the exactly. trickster, whether it's Inasi or, or a Rabbit. They understand that even though they get into mischief, there's other things that come with it. Exactly. Exactly. What I see from our telling of it today, it's very simple. This idea of good and evil, so cut yeah, they and dry. Ch-
0: exactly everything's a cookie cutter. You're good, you're bad, you're annoying, right. you're not, and they forget. Sometimes you have to tolerate things you don't like in order to gain the things that you do like.
1: Right. It's very interesting. They they kind of understood the gray better than we do
0: today. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: That's even though we we take. The grade to be, well, we'll, we'll, we'll give him a bit of a complex fixture. And he doesn't
0: fester in anger until the end when they really torture him, when they bind him up uh, right. at the end. Other than that, he bounces back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't uh, brood and think, I'm going to get back at all you, until the end.
1: Yeah. And then and he really goes hard. Yeah, and at the end he doesn't even brood, he just acts. He just acts. Again, it's that impulsive nature. Right,
0: right, that's a good point.
1: It's always that impulse, I just do. I don't think. I just mm-hmm, do. And mm-hmm. that's what gets him in trouble. That's why I think he's hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's hilarious. And he it, because we so often in Western, it could be anything from comics to movies to literature, we remove that complexity. The only thing that we give characters is they'll question if what they do is moral or not. That's all.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: that's so basic. Yeah. It has. It could be so much more complicated.
1: Joseph Campbell said that tricksters are there to tell us the ugly truth, mm. and that's why you know they're kind of these hideous sort of type characters to mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. because we like that. It's very easy for us to fall into black and white when they all of a sudden tell us, "Hey, you know that thing that you think is so great, it's not." fantastically terrible. Character or creature this week is Mjolnir. It wasn't just Thor's ultimate weapon. It was also a holy object used to bless, heal, and sanctify. The famous hammer was commonly worn as an amulet during the Viking Age. We'll try to give a very brief summary of the origins of the hammer, but at some point we'll dedicate a whole episode to this story because it's
0: so much fun. One day, Loki was feeling particularly mischievous. He snuck up on Thor's wife, Sif, and cut off her golden hair, because why not? (laughs) Thor caught the unsuccessful hairstylist and was just about to kill him when Loki thought of a way to get out of his latest completely preventable situation. He'd go to the land of the dwarves and have them create a new head of hair even more beautiful than Sif's own. Thor and Sif thought about it and agreed. They let Loki go, but they warned him, it better be absolutely fabulous, or his life will meet the same fate as Sif's hair. The dwarves agreed to Loki's request and made stunning new hair for Sif. But while there, Loki couldn't resist causing more trouble. He made two of the most talented dwarves get into a competition over who was the best smith. If they proved they were beyond perfection, Loki would die. As an aside, I've never heard of someone risking his life so many times just for a laugh. Anyhow, they created many amazing treasures, including Mjolnir. But Loki, being afraid that they would actually create something perfect, tried to distract him. This was the case with Mjolnir, which was almost completed and perfect. So Loki transformed into a fly and bit the dwarf's eyelid so that it swelled up just as he was making the handle. So Mjolnir is the perfect hammer, but its handle is a little too short. So in the end, Loki offered the beautiful hair to Sif and Mjolnir to Thor, and they agreed not to kill him.
1: He's lucky. <laughs> yeah, sounds reasonable, so, uh, right? Yeah.
0: All that trouble, just because he cut her hair in the first place. Yeah.
1: And apparently, I think some versions of the story, the hair wasn't that great. But Thor was like, great hammer. sorry Sip I'm keeping the hammer (laughs) not only was Mjolnir the preeminent weapon used by Thor to protect Asgard it was also used in formal ceremonies to bless marriages, births and possibly funerals earlier in this episode we mentioned that Mjolnir was brought out to consecrate the wedding between Fake Freya and Thrym the prose Edda compiled by Snorri Sturluson provides another example. Thor had a chariot pulled by two goats. I like to picture two little tiny goats pulling it. <laughs> teeny, teeny.
0: Yeah, tiny, teeny, tiny. <laughs> Mini little goats. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't look so cool like with him <laughs> flying like, you know, in the comics. Thor
0: and the mighty tiny goats. goats. Like Lego goats.
1: Le- little Lego goats. <laughs> he could kill and eat them whenever he was hungry, so long as he took care to skin the goats first. After the meal, he had to put all the bones back into the goat skins. The next morning... Thor takes the hammer, Mjolnir, raises it, and blesses the goatskins. This resurrects the goats, who must be continuously traumatized at the sight of Thor for fear of being killed over and over again. But it's Norse mythology. In a previous episode, number 31, Golden Apples in Norse Mythology, we learned of the god of bacon.
0: I love that they have a god of bacon.
1: Only they could have the god of bacon.
0: (laughs) Only they can have a god of bacon with this fate.
1: This god is a giant boar that they would kill and cook every day to feed the warriors in Valhalla. Sheesh, to be immortal and delicious is more of a curse than a blessing.
0: Yeah, that's really sucks. Yeah, that does. Who wants to be immortal if it's just to be killed and eaten every day?
1: It's like And it seems
0: common, you know. We had the
1: It's like, like Homer Simpson came up with this concept. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
1: But Jolnir also played an integral part in controlling the chaos in the cosmos. This is taken from norsemythology.org.
0: Yeah, I don't think people quite realize it's not just a weapon. It's a holy object.
1: Mjölnir was an integral part in controlling the chaos and the cosmos. This is taken from NorseMythology.org. Quote, when something or someone was consecrated with Thor's hammer, it or he or she was taken from the realm of chaos and absorbed into the cosmos. It was protected from the ill effects of chaos and its denizens and sanctified and sanctioned by the social order and its divine models. The profane was banished, and the sacred was established.
0: Crazy, huh? So it's almost like a little, yeah. a little bubble to mm-hmm. protect you from the chaos.
1: Well, there's a little more. This pattern is borne out both in the use of the hammer as a weapon and its use as an instrument of blessing, consecration, protection, and healing. When Thor smote giants with the hammer, he was defending the cosmos and banishing the forces of chaos.
0: Wow, so profound.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Not
0: just smashing giants.
1: Smote, I love that word. He's
0: banishing the forces of chaos. We need,
1: we need to use more smoke. Smote. He smote him.
0: He smote the giants uh, yes. with the hammer.
1: Yeah, and when he blessed the marriage, a birth, a field or a dead person with it, his act had the same religious psychological significance. End quote.
0: Who knew Thor was also a pope?
1: He was a priest, yeah. He's like the whole... No,
0: no, more than a priest. Yeah, I guess so. He was the main protector, so yeah. he was the pope.
1: Yeah, he was, he was uh, with tiny little goats. <laughs> 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 I got my chariot. <laughs> tiny little goats. But yeah, it's like, of course he needs the hammer to look intimidating but if you saw him from far away we're this guy turning with Norse goats,
0: mythology into Looney Tunes
1: that's the best way to teach Norse mythology I think mythology.
0: that's how we'll close this episode out
1: I think so that's it for today seven robots fantastic terrible podcast is by Miguel Guerra and Susie Diaz and written by Susie
0: we want to thank everyone for listening if you enjoy our show thank you so much if you haven't subscribed or followed us yet please do it really helps us out with our statistics and honestly we don't know if you like us or not until you let us know so please like this episode or even leave a comment and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. For more information on this episode, including links to everything we reference, please visit our website at www7 podcast.
1: Remember to check out Ghost Metal, our free comic on Webtoon and now on Tapas read each week as we serve you bite-sized sci-fi and horror stories on a macabre menu of detestable delights a new episode is up every friday for your abhorrent amusement thanks for listening and we'll see you next time